Our Easter Gospel readings begin in the book of John, the 20th chapter. Hear now the word of the Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The other disciple who reached the tomb first went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. Our story continues from the Gospel of John. The other disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. And now let us rise in body or in spirit and join our voices in Christ is Alive. And the story of Easter continues. When it was evening of that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house were locked where the disciples had met, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As God has sent me, so I send you. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. I just have to tell you before I begin that this is the first year in maybe 20 years of Easter's <clears throat> that I forgot to take my decongestant. <clears throat> so, bear with me. In a remarkable memoir about his wife's last days, E.B. White describes seeing his wife Catherine planting tulip bulbs during the month of October, just when you should. But he knew 
and she knew that she would not live long enough to see them bloom in the spring. Yet he wrote, there she was in her garden, hunched over a detailed planting chart, preparing for a future explosion of spring flowers, despite the fact that she would not see them bloom. She was, he concluded, calmly plotting the resurrection. That's a beautiful phrase, calmly plotting the resurrection. It is a glimpse of hope and reminds us that Christians are prisoners of hope because of the resurrection. But we have to guess that Mary and the other disciples didn't feel that way that first Easter morn. I mean, they couldn't have. Mary's hope buried, along with Jesus' body in a tomb by the quarry. For Mary and the other disciples, it was still too early in the story for them to understand that things had not gone wrong, but, but that things had gone so right that the world was changed forever. I mean, you and I, on the other hand, you and I have heard the story so many times. We know what happens next. Catherine read the first part, and then Meredith, and I. We knew what was going to unfold. I mean, the Easter story is so familiar, the ending so well known, we call it Easter. That being here today to hear the story is a little like watching a a sports event that you recorded but had watched live as well. You know the final score. You know who hits the winning shot, how it's what happens when the clock expires. But not for Mary and the disciples. They were devastated. At this point in the story, in their minds, the clock had run out. The story was over. And hope was buried. I mean, this morning, hundreds and hundreds of us and around the world, millions will gather to celebrate that hope hadn't died, but that the story was just unfolding. And I understand this. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of reasons why people come to church on Easter Sunday. I mean, some of you, some of you are probably here to, I'm going to be honest, it's okay to keep peace in the family. Some of you are here, perhaps, because you're seeking peace for yourself. Maybe you're honoring a tradition, and just as important, perhaps you're trying to start one. And of course, for a few of you, many of you, I mean, you wouldn't be anywhere else on a Sunday morning than in church. Today just happens to be a more crowded one. And I understand, and I said this once on a Christmas Eve, and a couple of people said to me afterwards, they thought it was okay for me to have acknowledged it. I understand that there are some of you here who maybe but an hour or so ago thought to yourself, all right, all right, I'll go. I can take anything for an hour. (laughs) Regardless of why you are here, the bigger issue is, What are you going to hear on Easter? What will you hear proclaimed in your heart in this celebration of the resurrection, in celebration of hope? Because you heard it, right? In the story, it is the witness of the empty tomb that the story's just really beginning. And remember, the disciples and Mary, 
They thought it was over, right? Done. And they had lost, and this is really important, they had lost the person who had shown them what God is like. Their Lord, their beloved teacher, their rabbi, had come to this tragic, violent, and undignified ending. And now, to add insult to injury, we're told that his body is gone. And you know what they thought, right? You know what they thought? It was grave robbers. Of course it was grave robbers. But we know the ending. It wasn't. They didn't know yet that the empty tomb had nothing to do with grave robbers. But in fact, it was Jesus robbing the grave of its power. I mean, eventually, slowly but surely, just as the sun comes up every day, it began to dawn on the disciples that hope perseveres. And not by any stretch of their imagination would death have the last word. You know, Easter and resurrection are just way too big of a story to be imprisoned, of course, in the empty tomb. And Easter is too significant and too mysterious to be limited to a single worship service on a Sunday morning once a year. Easter is supposed to live in our hearts every day. I mean, this is a spectacular service. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. The choir and the brass and the organ together with the voices and, yes, the fragrances of spring. But Easter is too big for all of this. And if we are willing to acknowledge that Easter is bigger than a single Sunday, then we really are willing to ask a question that I think is one of the biggest questions of our lives. What does Easter mean to you? For me, Easter is testimony. It's a witness to the foundation of our Christian faith that Jesus is a person of today and tomorrow and not simply of the past. Easter testifies that Jesus continues, continues to be known and experienced by disciples of every century, and yes, even our own. As one author has said, Easter claims that Jesus not only lives, but that Jesus is Lord. And in the New Testament, that basic foundational affirmation of our faith and about Jesus is grounded in Easter. To say that Jesus is Lord is to say more than simply that Jesus lives. It is to say that Jesus is also, just like he was for the disciples, how we know what God is like. The empty tomb that Mary rushed to that morning, it's testimony for you and for me. It serves as a witness to our Christian belief that Jesus is not of the past, but of today. Easter is meant to be as significant to us tomorrow morning when we start the work week as it is this morning. You know, in another Gospel's version of it, Jesus says, tell them that they will find me, they will meet me in Galilee. And you know what we're supposed to say to that? You and I are supposed to say, Galilee? 
That's where I live. To find Jesus in Galilee is to encounter him in the places and experiences of your Monday through Saturday lives. To meet Jesus in Galilee reminds you and me that God will never be imprisoned to a single place, to one era, or for that matter, to a tomb. God will neither be limited by history and nor will love be limited by our notions of what God can or cannot do. One author reminds us that Easter fits the pattern and character of God in the arc of history. For God has always chosen the slow and difficult path to justice. God has always chosen and respected our free will to believe or not. God did not stop the crucifixion, but rather, more beautifully and more poignant, God brings Jesus back to us. I think, I think we're supposed to respond to Easter by saying something to the effect of, well, well, if God can do that, then perhaps our human family, which still lives in the clutch of violence and senseless shootings and madness, why we can still learn the things that make for peace. If God can do Easter, then you and I, at the very least, well, we can try to love our neighbor and ourselves. If God can do Easter, we can try to live out God's hope today, but also tomorrow. There was a remarkable interview many years ago with South African Bishop Desmond Tutu. And he was asked how he, without much success, mind you, how he found in his core the strength to fight the injustice of apartheid day after day after day, year after year, and actually turned out to be decade after decade. I mean, how did I find that, he asks. He was surprised by the question. He said, because, of course, I believe in the resurrection, which means, he added, I am a prisoner of hope. Because of Easter, Hope is alive and well. Not just 2,000 years ago, not just last year's Easter, not just this morning, but tomorrow morning as well. So thank God. And thank God when you can say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.